Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Zwerth Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Happy weekend. You're jolly. I do feel a bit jolly, actually, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, it might just we're be- all going out later. It's because we're going out later, and we're going to an after party with the Godfather. So I just are you going like- to go to that? Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really have too much of a late one. That doesn't scream Luke to me. Uh, because I, I yeah. think it might be quite late. There's the there's the show, mm. then there's Something the Conrad and Bruce Pritchard recording. Yeah, I suppose or it, show. I suppose it depends on when the Godfather's party starts. Because I, as I said, I can't really have a late one um, because I've got some stuff I need to do tomorrow. Like what? Well, because actually I, I didn't do this joke earlier in the week because um, because you didn't ask because you're rude. Um, but uh, guess what I did on my day off on Monday? Oh God, what what did you do? DIY and housework. What? I thought you'd finish this. I know, I created some more. Ah, uh, <laughs> did I make the joke that the, the most exciting thing about you finishing your DIY, for me, is that I don't have to listen to DIY stories anymore? Yeah, no, I created some more DIY work Oh, what did you create? You knock over a cabinet or something? Well, no, because I got bought... You're out of control. I got bought some uh, like artwork and stuff uh, on, for my birthday from some friends of mine, so I had to hang that... That was good. Yeah, so I hung those. I, I had to get down to Dunelm and get a frame for the uh, the big sleeve ET release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hung that up and my Stranger Things signed per poster. So this was just, it's not even a big birthday. No, it's my 33rd. You, yeah, you're, you're, you're 39. And <laughs> like, th- I thought I got a good present for you. I'm going to give it to you on your actual birthday because I'll see you. I'm like those friends Thanks, who gave man. you those big presents. Yeah. They, they're not around at your work all the time, are they? That's because they're not my boss. <laughs> and like the that they got what one of them got the 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 signed all the cast of Stranger Things poster. Yes. Another one got the E. T. 
I don't know what the hell it was, but you seemed happy about it. It's called a big sleeve. What's that? So it's, it's basically a DVD. It comes with a DVD of 4K release, a Blu-ray, and a Blu-ray Ultra or That's some nonsense. That's excessive. Uh, but it comes in like a vinyl-sized case with like exclusive artwork and stuff like that. And it was the artwork that I particularly liked. And my wife and I were discussing about, we've got an area in our living room about some artwork that we wanted to hang up. And we wanted to do it movie-related movie because our wedding had like a sort of a movie theme to it. So when we got that, we were like, this is it. This is what we've been looking for. So I went down to Stanel and I bought a frame for it and I hung it up on Monday on my day off, as well, well as tidying up after the party because we didn't do that on the Sunday. Well, I'm glad you got some artwork out of it. That sounds good. But yeah. the, the rest of it is a dead format to me. <laughs> Where's the digital? You can't give people digital gifts anymore. Although oh, it does come with a digital code. Oh, shut up. <laughs> That's what I've got my sister's boyfriend oh, yeah? for Christmas this year. A digital code. <laughs> To a, to a history podcast <laughs> that I bought, um, but yeah, I, what what I got, I thought I got I got a good present for you, and now seeing that level of present mm. from inferior friends, I don't, I've just I've just been it's knocked my confidence. Oh man, I wouldn't be worried about it. I think like any present's a good present because there's thought and love that have gone into it. So I think that's always, there's always niceness to it. That's nice of you to say, but. You you can't hang mine up. You wouldn't. <laughs> That's want good. To I don't want to do any more DIY. I've got to do it on Saturday as well because we've got our other bit of artwork to hang above our bed. That then should be like the fun. But then no, the rest of it is our date day. We're going to have a nice relaxing day. We're going to put up our Christmas tree. Hang Not up. up yet. Nope. We're going to do our Christmas tree on Saturday. Hang up all of our decorations and watch Christmas films and listen to Christmas music. And I cannot bloody wait. So I do not want to be too hungover when I do that. I hate my Christmas tree this year. Why? Oh, it's so painful. Why? Honestly, it's the most lethal, sharpest Christmas tree I've ever experienced. Is it a real one? It's a real one. Do you buy real Christmas we trees? We buy real Christmas trees. Wow. I go out in the woods with an axe. Crikey. And I chop them down. Like Griswold. It's not really a forest. It's like the road. Mm. And they've got a few shrubs. Yeah. But oh my god, the pine, the pine, is it pine needles? Pine needles, yeah. The pine needles on this thing. I was putting baubles up on it, which is boring. <laughs> it's not Why boring, do I it's have exciting. To do it? Okay, well, it might be boring when I put it up and then Anna goes, oh, you're going to put that there. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know how stuff, I don't know what vision you've got in your head. And you haven't effectively con con like conveyed it to me. I'm just going, I've got me my, my little wife area. Had the exact same talk, yeah. I've got my little area. Let me do it. Then let me go. I want to play Red Dead Redemption. I would rather do a lot of other things than this. I don't know why it has to be a group activity. Oh, it's fun. If you're going to replace it all anyway. No, I like it. But it might be as well because my wife and I, we buy lots of Christmas ornaments to go on trees. When we, when we go on holiday, we try and find a, like a, a Christmas ornament we can put on the tree that's got like the date that or the year that we went there, so I mean, we can like have talks about uh, the memories of those trips that we had. Yeah, those were quite nice. I think I've, I well maybe just because I just want Christmas injected into my very being because I bloody love Christmas. Well, that's actually what happened to me because <laughs> I'm putting the baubles up. I take my hand away. I have Hellraiser a Hellraiser cosplaying finger with these pine needles sticking out of Oof. my skin up straight Mate, like four of them i was like this hurts this i mean not I, i'm not gonna cry like my girlfriend would <laughs> but it actually genuinely hurt and taking them out and I, they were really itchy afterwards oh, mate. and i did use that as an excuse to not put any more on because <laughs> i was bored <laughs> well what do you put at the top of your christmas tree as a secular man 
Uh, well, we have got a. What have we got? We've got like a star, but it's, it was we bought it when we first moved into our house because we didn't have any Christmas decorations, and it was one that was available. So we just bought it because it was two quid, and we needed something to pop on top of the tree. But we haven't got anything that sort of means anything to us. Um, I suppose what we're waiting for is for when a child makes one at school, and then that will become our Christmas topper. Any particular child? Just when one of our children makes uh, something at school. Oh, not just a random child. Not just child. a rando child, no. Run into a well, school. unless, like, one of our family members' children gives us something that we can then put on. Like, as long as it means something to us, then, yeah, I guess. But we don't have any children to make stuff for us at the moment. Unless you have a great craftsman prodigy, the, the quality isn't going to be top-notch. No, but it will. So you, it's, you're, it's, ha- you, you, it's, you're, it's, a, you're a meaning guy over something yeah, that totally. looks aesthetically nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then you might like what goes at the top of that Christmas tree. What goes at the top of your because tree? Because I made it. <laughs> what goes at the top of your tree? About three years ago, we were around my girlfriend's parents, and there was a kids area because they, they've got such a large family, and I would just hang out in the kids area because adults are boring, and we were making all these little toys, and that they're like the wire. The, the the wire with all the fluff around it and you can bend it in yeah, certain yeah. ways and there were like eyes and a lot of the kids like make nice horses and things I made I can never say it right Cthulhu Cthulhu yeah Cthulhu yeah. I made Cthulhu the Christmas monster <laughs> so it's got like oh, it look, it's hideous it's got different like green and purple yeah. bits and I put three eyes on it and then another eye on one of the ends of its tentacles and Anna is so easily duped by anything I make into a, like a, a living thing and I'm like, oh, look, at she's like, oh, that's hideous. I'm like, oh, but it's the Christmas monster. Now it goes up at the top of the tree every year because she doesn't know where to put all the love she's got. So it has to go into inanimate objects. That's a, that's a thing now. Is she going to be all right watching Toy Story 4 then? Nope. Because that's the plot of that movie. I know I came up with it. Yeah. Yeah. When when Rashida Jones left the project, I I jumped in. Oh okay, and you said like well, I made this Christmas Cthulhu once. I think mm. you can also call it uh, Cthulhu if uh, oh, anyone good. wants to be pedantic about it. I just called it the Christmas monster because you you made me worried about saying anything out loud if I mispronounce it. Well, also says that uh, Metallica say uh, Cthulhu Awakening. Okay. So I mean I'm going to go with them. Uh, speaking of Christmas, Butter Toast got in touch with us. Hello, Luke, <laughs> Ollie, Laurie. <laughs> And Little Andy that could. Not a wrestling-related question. Can, can you not read that out? Well, like anything that involves Andy. He's not going to be at the... Uh, oh, we record this out on a Saturday anyway, isn't it? Um, he's not going to be at the wrestling show tonight. No, um, not. not. a wrestling-related question, back to Butter Toast email, but since we are in the holiday season, I was curious if any of you have a special holiday tradition. Mine, for example, is we have a little town called Giltenberg, nestled in the Alpakian Mountains, not too far wow. from me. I'm not sure if I've said that right. I do apologise. Every year it's my... Pronounced. Cthulhu. <laughs> Every year, my wife and I go to walk around the town and take in the Christmas lights. Oh, I love it. There is a small part of the town called The Village where we go in this little hole in the wall called The Donut Fry and treat ourselves to some homemade fresh donuts and hot chocolate. Oh, my God, I want to go. Happy holidays to you, gentlemen, and a happy new year. P.S. These pictures don't actually have the lights up yet. I will send those to you if you're interested. Yes, I am. So this is The Donut Fryer. Wow. Um, uh, in this place that he goes to. Oh, look oh, at look it! Look at that. Yes, mate. Yes, please. That's incredible. Oh, what do yes, they do for please. the rest of the year? Well, I don't know. Well, when we were in Canada, when we were in uh, 
Banff, I believe it was. They had a Christmas shop. That's that a sound just effect, not a, not and, a place. And that actually looks a lot like Banff. And, um, uh, and Banff has a Christmas shop that is just open all year round. And I'm like, if you worked here, would you get sick of Christmas music? And then I thought to myself, no, no, I wouldn't, because I'm going to listen to some Christmas music when I get out of recording this, because I'm so, so jazzed and so full of Christmas cheer. I'm like, I'm like Buddy the Elf. Well, should we, should we reveal our Christmas traditions after the show? Well, don't sound so sad about it. It's Christmas is brilliant. Not. Yeah. No, no, but I'm, oh, we can't do it now. Uh, oh, I see what you're we'll saying. Oh, you'll, you'll have to listen outro. to the show, I'm afraid, before <laughs> we get to it. Uh, so we're going to be kicking off the show talking about uh, where wrestlers are going in 2019. Who's staying? Who's leaving? Who really knows? It's Speculation Station. Here's the show. So there's been the, the last month, two months really, have seen loads of little talent spat, not spats, but interpromotional drafty kind of reports and rumours take place because... Weirdly, everyone's contract seems to either expire on 31st of December or in, in January time. Yes, it seems like everyone re-signed in 2016 to three-year deals. So we're now just in a situation where everyone... Oh, oh. You've, uh, your graphic's gone crazy. The graphic has gone crazy. How did that happen? Sorry. In 2016. In tw- oh, fill for me while I fix okay, this. Okay, well, I was going to say, it's like... Uh, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Shinsuke Nakamura, they all left New Japan in twenty in January 2016 and showed up in WWE in just like a few weeks after. And everyone looked at that and thought, hmm, let's continue to do business as normal and still get everyone to have their contracts expire at the same time. Yeah. So this is like, it's kind of like, well, in, in, in the UK, in, in sports, in football sports, they have soccer sports, if you're American, they have transfer deadline day. Yes, uh, but it's not like that in wrestling. And I would have thought that come 2019, with all of these, with all the stories that we've had this year, I think there are going to be more stringent contracts in place with some companies. I think there'll be people trying to lock down talent more than just being like, hey... You work for us, but you can also go work for those guys over there as well if you want. Maybe a few alliances between promotions. Of course, Impact and ROH, there's something going on there when Austin Aries showed up. And uh, New Japan have got a relationship with Rev Pro and things like that. And ROH. And ROH, exactly, yeah. I mean, they're they're doing a show together at Madison Square Garden. Uh, A show that's so big that WWE have moved NXT. Or did they move it for that Mm. reason? That is a a very significant line in the sand there. It's it's, uh, like, really, WWE are bigger than everyone else combined yep. with resources and exposure. They're the biggest company in the world. And no one is like, no one's close. But it's... it's there is a distance number two. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's got a band together, really. Uh, if For the good of the business. But at the same time, there is a lot of Judea people's front and the people's front of Judea <laughs> going on in wrestling. Nice. And rightly so, everyone's got their companies that they're precious over. Exactly. And, and they see the short-term egotistical gain over the larger. It is a business at the mm. end of the day. This is show business. So, But for, for us, sitting on the sidelines, uh, I love nothing more than backstage international global warfare. Well, not only that, that for us really means in 2019. That's more silhouettes with question marks. Top and stars. Top stars? Oh, mate. 
I'd, unfortunately, everyone's a top star now. Oh, yeah. Major stars. Is That's that the, what I want to see. Is that the new one? Huge, Huge. is big, but major. major. Oh. Because that fits better on a thumbnail. Oh, man. I mean, today I went with New Japan Champion. Ooh. For the Friday People are going to misread that and get annoyed. And think it's Kenny Omega when it is not. It is Kushida. He is a he, he is, is a New, New Japan, Japan champion. champion. That's what I say. Exactly. Unfortunately, like fortunately for you, they're IWGP champions. Mm. So, like, you, that's an easier distinction. When this guy says WWE <laughs> champion about Buddy Murphy, everyone gets angry. Oh, mate, absolutely. So, what we thought we would do is we would kind of compile together all of sort of the rumored names that have either that are joining certain companies or are rumored to be joining other companies and try and sort of condense them down as much as we can. We've got NXT, we've got New Japan, NXT we've got and a- WWE as so one. So one and the same, yeah. yeah. Uh, AEW, which will be rumored to be starting. Uh, well, we're going to. Cody has said we're getting a big announcement in January. We're seeing Cody uh, tonight, so maybe we'll try and like squeeze some information out of him. Cody's seen us. Oh yeah, much That's better. How yeah, it works. I, pretty, I heard that. Uh, he knows who we are. That Brandy Rhodes, when she was like writing down the guest list of people, she was like, "Can you please make sure that Ollie Davis is on that guest list?" Can Can you not toy with my emotions <laughs> like that? I'm kind of nervous. I'm more nervous about being in the same room as her than I am anyone else. Really. What about Conrad? Comrade's my buddy. I like Comrade. Oh, yeah, your email friends, aren't you? <laughs> your email friends. Bruce can do one. Yeah, we got AEW. So Cody has said there's going to be a big announcement in January next year. Ring of Honor, who are losing some of their biggest Ooh. names. So they are on a drive at the moment to try and recapture or bring in some new names to try and rebolster their uh, division. We've also got Impact, MLW, WOS, and some free agents. Mm. So let's go through some of these names then. So right, let's, we'll start yeah, with we'll NXT. With we'll start with. We'll start with NXT, um, and some of the names that have been rumoured for NXT slash WWE this year have included from New Japan, Tetsuya Naito. Who uh, has said no. Yes, he turned down a contract, reportedly yeah. turned down a contract for WWE. Kenny Omega has sort of been on the sidelines all year long of whether or not he's going to be joining WWE or if he's going to head over to AEW or if he's going to stick with New Japan. He is their current IWGP heavyweight champion. I would have thought... Come Wrestle Kingdom, that'll be like the the telling sign. Like if he loses the title to Tanahashi, that'll be like the uh, the sort of telling sign of where he stands with that company. That'll be a huge blow because I think the Omega. I think um, Melt. This is nothing new. Meltzer has speculated on this as the as the good. This is a very good story to tell. Tanahashi beats Omega, which I really think he should do because Tanahashi's had this incredible 2018 really good comeback, comeback story. But then Omega wins it back from him. At the Madison Square Garden show in April. Ooh. So I, I wouldn't say that him losing at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, but be, currently. But yeah, you have him disappear and go into soul searching. I was going to say, currently, he is not advertised for that Madison Square Garden show. Mm. Oh, okay. But his contract expires with New Japan on the 31st of January. Yes. Because that rules him out of the Royal Rumble. Yes. But like, we will still make videos on all the rumours. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was going through the uh, the predictions list. The people were giving their predictions for uh, WWE and the greater wrestling world for 2018. A large number of them were all about Kenny Omega and the Royal Rumble. Like, that was their big thing. Or Kenny Omega signs with NXT and things like that. So, I'd imagine for the predictions 2019, we're going to get a lot of similar predictions. It's going to happen every year he's not yeah. in WWE. And I think that's going to be a few years because he's a guy who wants to wrestle a certain style. He's an yep. artist in the ring and he can't do that in WWE. So just do a Nakamura. When your body can't do it anymore, 
phoning in to WWE. Absolutely. Uh, so also the names, this came from the, the Wrestling Observer uh, this week. So this is a list of names that WWE are currently interested in or reportedly have already signed and they're going to be starting in NXT in January. That includes Rachel Ellering, who's currently a free agent, but she's done some work with NXT before. Not Tessa Blanchard, who you confused her for. I don't know why I did that. I think second generation. Generation, that's yeah. what you did. I mean, uh, she should be a great act with AOP. Yeah. <laughs> just get rid of Drake Maverick now he's he's pissed his pants on that one yeah she would struggle to do the pissing thing uh, mm. on TV um, women Karen, can wet themselves uh, well I'm talking more about pissing on robes I hear it yeah yeah it'd be more of a squat thing yeah or a she-wee or a she absolutely a she-wee yeah mm. um, Karen Q uh, who's currently with Ring of Honor Jonah Rock who is like a big Australian guy I uh, don't know Jonah Rock I'm not familiar with him either but I can tell you he is big and Australian I've heard so Buddy Murphy or to- a tall oh, Buddy no. Murphy think more like Otis Dozovich oh, uh, wow. big uh, so more like a big block yeah uh, that Jonah Rock's an interesting one. I've never heard of him, and it's apparently indicative of WWE sort of... They, they realise they've got pretty much all the big names on the indie scene they can get now. So the next step is to get the people who nobody really knows about yet uh, beyond a local level. Yeah. So a Jonah Rock must must be a big deal down in Australia, but... I've never heard of him. And it speaks to that rumour that they're going to be the Triple H's global locali- uh, localization, mm. NXT Australia, because Australia's got a really big emerging pro wrestling scene at the moment. That in, you know, Also with NXT Germany, NXT Japan, which we'll come on to shortly. Um, Joe, uh, so Jonah Rock, Trevor Lee, who has just left Impact, he's going to be starting in January in NXT, reportedly. He is one of the unsung heroes of this year. I get message after message that Trevor Lee is just killing it on these indie shows. Having He had the 60-minute match with ACH recently. I remember back in July he had uh, a match that everyone was going, this is a legit five stars. And it was in front of 20 people. Yeah. So I have tremendous respect for Lee. And spe- he's one of those guys who just goes in there and loves to wrestle great matches. And speaking of, ACH is also on that list. Um, reported he's going to start in NXT in January. Uh, and then finally, uh, Walter is on that list. Reportedly assigned with NXT UK because he did not want to work. Well, he didn't want to move to America, essentially. So he can stay in Germany, just come over to the UK, which he does a lot anyway, do NXT UK tapings and their takeover shows, if there's going to be a plural. And then he can just go back to Germany. Or Austria. Because if Walter doesn't want to go to America, you, you can't make the guy. No, you cannot. He'll just chop you out of a yeah, meeting room. He's, I, I love how... I mean, is it physically possible for a plane to hold him up that long? I don't know. I think he's holding... I think that's why he only sticks in the Europe area. I think, really, he's holding up the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final name to go over on that list, which is one that was in the Observer today, and apparently this has been weeks and weeks in development, but he is now being talked about a lot. Because the story is that WWE are interested in a lot of top New Japan names that they want to sign, presumably because they want to launch NXT Japan and bringing in a lot of these names will be a way to start that promotion. Um, And the way that Meltzer phrases it is that they are unlikely to get the majority of the names they want. But one guy that they are talking about a lot, and it very much could be on the cards, is the current IWGP junior heavyweight champion Kushida of uh, Time Split of Fame. So yeah, so apparently he is on the list for names that could join NXT in the new year. He's an excellent man. He's so good. He's so, so good. I sure, uh, I, I, um, sure, what's the word I'm after? Shared. Well, shared. Was, yeah, I, sh- I shared a lift with him uh, at Wrestling MediaCon and I got too nervous to say anything. 
and my wife could tell that I was like, because he got out the uh, the floor before us. And I turned around, I was like, that was Kashid. And she was like, I could tell it was someone famous because you sort of clammed up a little bit. <laughs> oh my God, I'm in the lift with Kashida. Because you had a visible erection. <laughs> oh yeah, and you got to hide that thing, yeah, haven't you? Yeah. Pretend Double that, over. Pretend that your wife gave it to you. Um, I yeah, love Kashida. And I also think, as much as I love him in New Japan, I feel like he's done everything. I feel like he's done everything when he goes over to Ring of Honor. He's been the ROH TV champion this year too. And Kushida has been in the junior heavyweight division for a couple of years now. He's he's had all the great matches with that repertoire of guys in there. I I yeah I like I wouldn't I that's one of the names where I'm not like oh they stole him. I'm just yeah. like actually I think that's a good move for you, Kushida. I just hope that if Kushida does go to NXT, he can keep his Back to the Future gimmick, and they won't be like or oh, a bit worried about Universal getting onto us with copyrights. Because it is one of the really fun parts of his yes. gimmick. It's like, you know, looking at the watch, lifting up the glasses. I love it. I would argue stretch. the only part of his gimmick. He's not a guy who exudes charisma. Uh, Fantastic wrestler. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. He eats cereal very, uh, very calmly, though. I can tell you that much. Anyway, so... Stories from the... <laughs> Holiday in Buffet. <laughs> These are the backstage scoops that you can expect from the Wrestle Ramble. Yeah, we awkwardly hang out near wrestlers. Don't talk to them much. I just remember going down for breakfast one morning, and you essentially text me saying, I'm having breakfast, and Dave Meltzer is on the table next to me. He's wearing a funky jacket. And I was like, well, I wonder if I'll spot that jacket when I walk in. Oh, I think I spotted it as soon as I walked out the lift. Good Lord. That jacket caused <laughs> traffic disruptions. Three miles away. You couldn't miss it. Very, very loud. So, on to New Japan, and obviously the four names that are interesting for New Japan, the people that have been, well, one name's very much been reported to be on the radar. The other ones, we definitely know their contracts are expiring next year, which are AJ Styles and Galanderson, because they joined WWE in 2016. Now, according to PW Insider and The Observer, AJ Styles' contract is there until April. It's been misreported as January. Apparently it's up in April and there's still there's no word on whether he's re-signed or not. But it's not January, it's April. And the Good Brothers are signed up until the summer of next year. That makes sense because even though AJ obviously signed in mid-January 2016 uh, to, a, to a three-year deal, which would run out mid-January next year, you'd think they'd want to get him, I think like, part of the way through that are like well let's lock you down for a full Wrestlemania program yeah at absolutely. least at least yeah let's not do a, a Brock Lesnar and put ourselves in a bad negotiating yes uh, position so those two are with WWE at least until quarter two next year uh, if we're talking business terms and the other name and we don't really know much details on his contract negotiations but it is Shinsuke Nakamura and there was a story earlier this year that New Japan were very interested in bringing Nakamura back to into their fold but is Nakamura interested? That's uh, well, yeah. Does he want to go back and have that kind of like rougher style, or can he go back and work a safer style and off his off his name? And he can be back in his home country. It's been three years. Who or knows? Will there be an expectation for him mm. to go back to doing that rougher style? So I suppose the uh, the big one, the big company that's on this list is supposedly the most interesting one from a fan perspective is all elite wrestling now we don't really know many details about this until cody makes and the young bucks i'd imagine make their announcement next year but i would have i would have thought and this you know this is a list that you and i have compiled together that 
the names that you can almost assume will be a part of that roster would be Kenny Omega, Cody, Young Bucks, and Hangman Page. Probably yeah. Marty Skrull as well, depending on where he's or what deals he's currently got going on at the moment. Well, it sounds like his contract isn't in sync with everyone else's. Whereas yeah. all those guys, their their contracts have either already expired, like Cody, he's he's not with Ring of Honor anymore, and Kenny's is. January, end of January. The Young Bucks are December 31st. Yes. By all accounts. Uh, Marty Skell seems to be much later because no one's really talking about him. It's that entire elite group. Yes. And it's called All Elite Wrestling. If it's going to go ahead, I'm pretty certain they'll all do it. Yeah. Uh, Omega's the only question mark there because he is the New Japan champion, but maybe New Japan want to create that relationship ring of ring of honor really is the loser here no matter which way this goes roh have already lost a lot of their main draws yeah it's a real shame for them and this was their this this was their big year of sinclair getting behind them they saw how much money all in made they saw how much money wwe got for their tv contracts and they've 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 not acted fast enough there was a there was a point where they could have invested a lot of money got these guys secured and they haven't, and I, I think that's gonna that's gonna hurt them a lot for 2018 and it's gonna, 2019, and it's gonna take at least two years to rebuild. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame for Ring of Honor. Although I suppose we could say we don't know whether Sinclair did try to make offers to them. Well, they that, weren't big enough. Well, they, apparently they weren't big enough because they have said no. So yeah, Cody is working the December 14th show, uh, doing final battle, and Cody and the Young Bucks are scheduled for the TV tapings the night after as well. But those will be their final dates with Ring of Honor. Um, and another name on there is Chris Jericho. You know, he's been rumoured along with Jim Ross. Yes, because apparently as either investors in this business, but you'd imagine Chris Jericho, he's been doing a lot with the Bucks and the Elite and being the Elite and things like that. So you'd imagine he'd be probably looking to do some stuff with them for All Elite Wrestling and sort of get them out of the ground level. And as reported by WrestleTalk.com, at least two WWE stars under contract who have agreed in principle to join the company. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Do you want to talk about Ring of Honor? Then? Yeah, so Ring of Honor, like I said, they're the big losers here. They've managed to re-sign Silas Young, who over the last few weeks was rumoured to be going to WWE. And as much as I love Silas Young, he's not a headliner. He's 39 years old. He's not really going to become a headliner. He's not a draw, but I do like seeing him on TV. I think that's because he said in an interview that like, he you know, essentially confirmed those rumors and said, like, yeah, I was talking with WWE, but I looked at their roster and I thought, well, I'm, I don't really stand a cat in hell's chance of getting onto that mm. TV show. They've got a stacked roster at the moment, so I think I'm better off staying in, in Ring of Honor. Especially because ROH have also signed PCO. Yeah. And that they cut. I mean, I do want to see a PCO young match, mm-hmm. but I think they might kind of cancel each other out. Or maybe they're like the good bad versions of those old guy, yeah. just tough as nails characters. But again, PCO is someone who is like, he's at the tail end of his career. He's in his mid 50s. You know, he hasn't got. He's had an incredible 2018 and, and really developed this amazing cult following behind him due to the matches that he had, like at Joey Janela's spring break with uh, Walter and things like that. But is he? A, you can't build a company around PCO. Um, it's the same with, like, so it was in the news this week, Ken Shamrock has returned to professional wrestling. He's a guy apparently in incredible shape for his mid-50s. So you think, like, Ring of Honor, if you wanted to bring in a name to try and capture some of the lapsed wrestling fans, you might remember the name Ken Shamrock. It's not really a guy you can build a company around, and apparently he's asking for a lot of money mm. uh, for, for dates. Um, but they've also re-signed Jay Lethal, their champion, so that's good. Which, you know, is... Yeah, he, Jay Lethal is a main eventer. He's a brilliant wrestler, great mm. heel. 
but he he's done everything as well. He's like now's the time for Jay Lethal to move on from Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Must have been ROH champion three times now, which yeah. is a, which is a lot for an ROH champion. Uh, he's an all-time legend in that promotion, but yeah. I think he's done everything. And speaking of all-time legends, that promotion as well, we don't know the contract details for Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian mm-hmm. of SoCal Uncensored. Apparently, they might be on the outs with uh, Ring of Honor as well. They also re-signed Flip Gordon. Um, cool. He's about the only member of being the elite that has re-signed with ROH. Uh, Impact, Chris Jericho. So I, you, know, you know more about this than I do. It's just, it's just Jericho and Don Callis have been teasing working together for loads. You know, a long time, yeah. yeah. And I think Jericho's just holding off until... They've got that January pay-per-view Homecoming. the day after Wrestle Kingdom. So <sighs> Is it really the day after Wrestle Kingdom? Crikey. Yeah, so whether he does that and then... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Saturday. It's either a Saturday or... It must be a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then he can do that, New Year's Dash, and then... Or maybe he doesn't do New Year's Dash. Maybe that's Jericho's New Japan year-long run over. But I think Jericho's going to do something with Impact. Other than that, I don't know... January 6th is two days after. Mm. Impact uh, have, have been very good, very solid this year, but I c- they're not getting anyone big. Like they've they've got their roster down, and I think they'll just concentrate on that. Yeah, which is you know, yeah, that's great. And you just add Jericho to what you've already got. That really, that's a good strategy. Just invest in that big name because you've got Sammy Callahan, you've got LAX, you've got Tessa Blanchard, not Rachel Allering, <laughs> and th- those are big enough people to build your company around. We've got free agents as well, though. Mm-hmm. And one of those is Austin Aries. Yes, speaking of impact. Who is, I mean, I think it's more of a, a work than a, than a legit thing. Like, there's probably a working agreement that, they w- that he will go back to pay off that weird Bound for Glory finish where he walked out on the, on the promotion. Flipping everyone off, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think Aries going back to impact. But largely, I don't see many changes there. No, I, I don't think they've got the resources. To. No, I think for Impact as well, they're probably waiting until they can get a new TV deal and then maybe wait until you've got, like, you do your big sort of debut of someone like a Jericho or the return of Austin Aries and wait till the, the debut episode on your new channel. They're in, like, you know, they've been talking with WGN America that hosted All In Zero Hour um, and Sci-Fi, who used to do SmackDown and ECW. Sci-Fi would be a great move for them. I yeah. really hope that happens. Because Impact at the moment, whether on pop, I mean, they weren't getting the best ratings you know, as it was, because it's not a particularly well-known channel. It's available in loads of homes. People just don't know it's there because it used to be a TV listings channel. And all it shows now is just The Young and the Restless and repeats of um, That 70s Show and and things like that, uh, or House. And so a move to the Sci-Fi Network would really help them. The other downside to uh, Pop is that they've now been moved to 10 p.m., to 10 p.m. to 12 p.m. because they like, essentially as a company they were being outdrawn by the young and the restless and that 70s show and house and replays of old movies so i don't think pop are really that invested in them anymore which for pop i mean they're not paying for it you know it's, it's a revenue share uh, deal so i i think that impact will probably wait until they move to a new channel before they do anything big and the only other real person of note in the free agents, apologies if we've missed anyone obvious. Please let us know in the comments. Is Kota Ibushi, mm. who is a New Japan wrestler. He'll, he'll, he's got a featured match at Wrestle Kingdom, like he did like, this year with Cody. But he's not signed with them. He's, he, he does what he wants. Yeah, and you've got to think, you've got to figure him for all elite wrestling. Yes. Like, especially with that Young Bucks and that, that elite connection. You've got to figure the him for that. Golden Lovers. Yeah, absolutely. You've got, to, you've got to figure him for that. Yeah. <laughs> Dig it, 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 dig it
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heck is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do here each and every Saturday on the Wrestle Ramble, where you, the SWAF Nation, submit to us your crap gimmicks, which we will then review and possibly sign to Crap Gimmick Wrestling. We are the bookers of that promotion. What's a crap gimmick? Well, that's up to your interpretation, but we like to think of it as the 90s. You are a wrestler and or a blank, and then you, know, you can go more abstract with it. We've got a massive backlog. If you want to email them in, it's luke at wrestletalk.com. That's luke at wrestletalk.com. One more time. Luke at WrestleTalk.com. What's wrong with your I think computer it's the, Actually, I think today. it's the HDMI cable. Don't blame it on this stupidly expensive HDMI cable I bought. Uh, well, I, I do think it is that. Give me one second. Oh, that's not the expensive one. That's not the expensive one. Uh, so this uh, comes from July 28th, sent to us by Chris Brinkman. Another, another show would have done that as a retake. Not, not, us. not us. Not us. Not us. We are strapped for time. I'm a big fan of Wrestle Talk and love the Crap Gimmick Federations. Crap Gimmick Wrestling. And always wanted to submit an idea but couldn't think of one I thought was good enough. On one of your videos, you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, so I thought maybe uh, one of my fun characters that I played in D&D could be used as a crap gimmick. So here is my pitch. His name is Jerry Soto and he's from New Jersey. Very short, around 5'2", not very built at all. He spent his childhood watching old karate movies when he wasn't watching wrestling and he thinks he is a self-taught ninja. He talks in the third person and refers to himself as Soto-san, speaking in broken English and forced Japanese accent. Sounds... That sounds like te- treacherous ground here in 2018. He also mounds a few... Like to get the jokes on the... the ignorant person. 
Not on the country. Depends on if he's a baby face. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, he also... Uh, let's, where is he? He also mouths a few words before he speaks in the voice like they do in those old karate movies. Sodasan believes he is Japanese. However, he was born a black man on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> when he gets angry, he reverts to a very hard Jersey accent. Sodasan does not acknowledge the fact that he sounds different. He believes he is a ninja from unknown parts in Japan. He is shown throughout the show uh, trying to hide and sneak up on who he is wrestling that night, trying to get the advantage on them, but he always gives himself away or he try, or he hides in plain sight blending into his environment but Jerry doesn't uh, but Jerry doesn't change his attire to match the backgrounds he's trying to hide in front of he always wears a black ninja costume with a mask that covers everything but his eyes with a red bandana tied around the top yeah uh, he has two self-made nunchucks strapped to his side he is remember uh, he is a member of a self-trained ninja and his moves are not what they should be. When he attempts to actually perform karate, foes block all of his attempts quite easily, but he always seems to land a lucky blow. Sodasan has mastered one important ninja skill, the Jersey Snore, which is his finishing move. After one of his lucky kicks connects, Sodasan slides out of the ring and under the ring out, out of sight. Crikey. Uh, and when his opponent comes... Two, he sees Sodasan has vanished and starts to look for him, and as he turns the ring, Sodasan slides under the rope behind them and quickly... Uh, Pinches a spot on his opponent's <laughs> neck as they crumple to the ground unconscious instantly. Sodasan turns them over for the one, two, three. He stands over his opponents and bows gracefully to the crowd, then leaps the barricade and disappears, leaving through the audience. Sorry, uh, some of that was very difficult to read. You, you made it more complicated by trying to read it at the fastest pace ever. Well, it's because we're rushed for time. And, it's, <laughs> there was, and now also because the sentences were like three times as long mm. as most normal sentences. I, uh, I do like it. I do like it. I think the the visual gag and the I guess the the audio gag as well mm-hmm. of someone quite clearly speaking with a New Jersey accent, believing they're a Japanese ninja, uh, because that's like you do get a lot of people. I, I used to do Tai Chi and karate as a kid, as everyone did in the nineties. Yeah, everyone did it. There was a scheme. I'm pretty sure there was a scheme where I had to do something physical. Yeah. And we all just decided to do karate. Mine, uh, mine was judo. Mm. That's what they did at my school. But anyway, the, I, I, was, I was the naughty one who just screwed around at the back. But there were people who took it very seriously and they weren't that good at it. Mm. So I see, I see this sort of... Per- so I, I, I can see the, the sort of character this is. Although ninjas, in my understanding... Are a lot more stealth-like. They'll poison you and they'll do things like that. They're the espionage masters of feudal Japan. So I think it's a classic misunderstanding, partly, of what a ninja is. Yes, you've sort of confused two <coughs> elements here. Although I do kind of warm to it because he's got hand, like homemade nunchucks, and my character in Dungeons and Dragons has the exact same weapon. So yeah, it does sort of warm my heart a little bit. I do like, I do like it. I do like it. Yes. Uh, and then uh, we've also got from Stannis Law from July 29th, The Cult of Hollix. The COH, which is an abbreviation of The Cult of Hollix, if you hadn't noticed, is a comedy jobber tag team <laughs> consisting of King Russ, Jake the Jobber, Sam Diver, and Saddam Pachiti. <laughs> they all come out of a loop of It's John O'Clock, and they're all dressed up in ugly black t-shirts with visible sweat stains. However, every time they walk out, they get no reaction whatsoever because the crap gimmick wrestling audience is more tired of them than people are of seeing Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns or like Almas before his star-making match with AJ. Their finishes are the Visit at the Zoo, a buckle bomb executed by one of the wrestlers, preferably Jake the Jobber, and the 
uh, wankety wank, the Joey Ryan's pe- uh, Joey Ryan penis flip. Although they are pretty capable wrestlers, they either they, often, be. they either often botch moves or hit each other, thus costing them the match. Also, due to their ability to piss off their bosses at crap gimmick wrestling, they are squashed 66.6% of the time. Outside of the ring, they can usually be seen flipping off other wrestlers and cracking Jerry Lawler-style sex-orientated jokes that no one, except for themselves, laughs at. The COH are also there if you need uh, to hype up a pay-per-view for their uh, go-home shows. They always make predictions on who's going to beat who at the pay-per-view, and then after the show, the loser must be humbled slash uh, punished. Also, don't bother putting them in storylines. They're not worth it. They're just signed so they can be punished. Mm. I'm a a fan of this. I like this a lot. I think it has to be really clear that no one likes them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to work out who it's a parody of, though. It's just an original idea. Oh, okay. But from what I got, it's, uh, yeah, the, the big important part is nobody nobody cares about them. So out of the two, I did definitely the Cult of Holics. Cult of Holics? Cult of Holics it is. And if you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you have to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over on Patreon and leave a comment in our community section and we'll collect them all and answer them. This one comes from Daniel Partridge. My dad has just started rest- uh, my dad has just started to understand my love of wrestling and has always watched WWE. If I have it on. If I have it on. Sorry, it's the punctuation that sometimes gets me. Earlier this year, I convinced him to watch Wrestle Kingdom for the Jericho Okada match. I wow. think he meant a mega match. Uh, but he started to get hooked on when started to get hooked when we went to a WWE live show in Cardiff. And now my dad wants to go to his first indie show, but I'm not sure which one to take him to to get him fully involved mm. in the company. I think we've actually answered this question before. I think we just said whichever's local to your... Okay. I, think, I think he might have sent it in as an uh, email question on the podcast. Well, I, I would say uh, that if it's still running, Mark Andrews has a cool promotion in Wales where they have very funny names for their shows. Mm. Uh, and they, they run a really cool building with loads of spray-painted stuff on the sides for a lot of brickwork. So but them, I guess, if uh, NXT UK hasn't already crushed it. Owen Morgan asks, Hi guys, so glad to see you enjoying SmackDown. We needed a decent show for morale. Question for you, if WWE contacted you tomorrow and offered you a job as a creative writer, would you take Mm. it? And what story would you write first? Well, I'll answer that, no. Absolutely 100% not. It just sounds like, when you hear the stories from like writers who have left the company, it just sounds like an awful position to hold in that company. I think... uh... I th- I think it's like heroin, where you're like, it's it's obviously gonna, like it's it's not doesn't seem like a good idea. Maybe it's nothing like heroin. What I was trying to get across. If train spotting has taught me anything, <laughs> heroin is not a good it's idea. Enough. <laughs> it's a problem. I've never luck. seen the second half of that movie. <laughs> I think all of us as wrestling fans, especially people who watch this channel and us, we like to pick apart the stories and. You know, it's our dream, really. It would be our dream to be able to have full creative control over wrestlers, particularly wrestlers that we already know the characters of and some of the best wrestlers in the world, like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. All these things and storylines you can write with weekly TV and pay-per-views paying them off in this structure. I think we'd be lying if we didn't say deep down, I wish I could. But the problem is, is when you, and you kind of think, well, I'll be the one. I'll be the one who can Break change Vince McMahon's mind. And they'll go, you know what, kid? You're in control of the company now. And you just he puts you in charge of everything. I think we, there's a little bit 
Maybe it's more like the cinnamon challenge, where I'm still like, I could probably do that. <laughs> Even though it's imp- it looks impossible. It's very difficult to You've do. You've done it, I've, yeah. I have done it. It's very difficult but to I do. But I haven't done it, so I'm kind of like, I reckon I could. I think that video, that I think the guy that I did that with, because we, we don't speak anymore, I think he deleted that video. Because oh. after we mentioned it on a Wrestle Ramble, a load of people found it mm. and then started leaving loads of comments about support WrestleTalk, which I'd imagine flooded his email, his inbox, so he just deleted the video. Oh, that's no fair. But I would say, like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. As much as I would love to, to have what I, my vision of that perfect job is... Uh, although I would be working for someone other than myself, which I'm not into anymore. Uh, the like it, it just doesn't work because yeah. you're you're working in a what is quite clearly still a toxic working environment with a madman who rewrites everything four hours before the show anyway. Well, that's what I'm like the way that. Uh, Vince Russo used to explain it when he was like writing the show back in the 90s is that you would spend an entire week writing a show then you would present it to Vince McMahon and he would essentially just throw everything out and you have to just start again so it's almost like well, what's the point of me doing the work here and that's what happens like you know you go from Raw you then spend the next week writing the next episode of Raw and then Vince McMahon just rewrites the show three hours before the show goes on air so you've spent all that time away from your family for no reason mm. so uh, I no no, no absolutely not Noah Enigma writes thank you for your great Great work week after week. You're welcome. You always deliver your news in a very entertaining way. Sadly, not so entertaining is the product known as World Wrestling Entertainment, he puts in quotes. Speaking of a bad product, you guys have always said from time to time around 2006 to 2010 was the worst years of the modern era in WWE. But to be honest with you, I think that time gave us some really nice feuds and moments, like HBK's feud with Jericho and The Undertaker, Orton versus The McMahons, Undertaker versus Edge, the rise and fall of Jeff Hardy, with feuds and matches against Orton, Triple H, Edge, or CM Punk. What are your favorite moments, feuds, matches from that era? And was it really the worst time of the modern era? Greetings from Switzerland's Noah. I actually had someone tweet me about this literally yesterday as well, mm. saying, like, why do you hate 2006 so much? Um, and it's, I mean, the only answer I ever really give is that it's the one time that, aside from when I just completely stopped wrestling in 2000, uh, watching wrestling in 2002, it's the one time where I was like, I'm done. I cannot watch this anymore. It is, it, this is genuinely insulting. And I'm, I'm just not going to watch it anymore. Well, I was done with WWE. Uh, I was watching Impact or TNA. Exactly, I, I, I jumped over to TNA hardcore, time. and I yeah started watching the Indies and uh, Ring of Honor near the near the latter, later part of that decade. Uh, but yeah, I think you you had of course it was five years of a company by accident. They are going to put on good things like those things you mentioned there. I for some reason I think it's because I was around a friend's house watching it, and we were both so it was so cool. Edge taking out. Uh, was it Kofi Kingston and the Elimination Chamber match? Yeah. I love that. But what you are omitting here is all of that always played second fiddle to John Cena. Or he DX. Cr- like, as much as we love him now, and we do, he was the worst. He was terrible. And all those positive moments you said there transpired into nothing. I guess the only unequivocal successes are HBK versus The Undertaker twice. I didn't even like the Autumn versus the McMahon stuff. I really stuff. didn't like that stuff. Uh, and, and, yeah. But uh, Jeff Hardy's, the Jeff Hardy CM Punk feud was very good. But it was again closer to twenty. 
I guess that was 09. And again, it was like really like second fiddle to anything else within yeah. the company. And yeah, I mean, I, I there was just nothing really in that that period that I liked. Because so the, the person who tweeted me yesterday was just like, oh, you know, I guess the Spirit Squad were back, but DX were great. And I was like, oh, DX were the absolute no, they worst. I actually hated DX more than I disliked John Cena. Uh, DX wow. just made me just want to just turn off the TV, uh, which is why I've started watching Impact so much. Uh, Sawyer asks, I have to say, I'm really not into the new Daniel Bryan character. Absolutely love his look and overall acting and presentation because obviously Daniel Bryan is good. Fickle. But, but the content is so lame. I feel like he's a vegan is something I would hear pri- uh, pitched in crap gimmicks. It's a good thing that Bryan can sell ice to an Eskimo or these promos would have been total trash. His bearing of the watch chant ruled but remove- and removing the yes plates from his belt was great attention to detail and a wicked visual but the difference is these are things that are innovative, fresh and intriguing, not lazy 90s gimmicks based on stereotypes what am i missing i think you 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 put it right there with crap like crap gimmicks um if you if you write this down on paper there's an environmentalist who blames all these says all these heel actions are are nothing in the grander scheme of of like people destroying the planet which i actually think is a very interesting motivation for a character like a delusional heel Uh, but on paper yeah it's not main event biggest heel in the company stuff cj parker in nxt exactly but it it all did i mean he turned into a very good performer as when he stopped doing that gimmick though yeah as uh uh juice robinson juice robinson in new japan but uh this this is coming from a very real place with daniel bryan and i always think like mankind mankind is just like you, you see that on paper and you're like this is stupid this is a stupid idea but mick foley makes it work and it's incredible he's like this unstoppable weird pain loving monster guy but not the same kind of monster as an undertaker cane thing uh more in i guess like a leatherface way mm. but he uh yeah th- this I-, I think daniel bryan's knocking it out of the park a lot of the gimmick does depend on who's performing it yeah and bryan like you said can sell ice to an eskimo they always said in like the the nineties the best gimmicks were like Austin, The Rock, it was Mankind, you know, people like this. They always said, Oh, it's their personalities dialed up to eleven. And that's more or less what you've got here. It's just that Daniel Bryan has taken an element of his personality, has seen the militant side of that and sort of how it can be sort of damaging to the overall message of veganism caring about the planet and being like, Oh, that's something I can really tap into and make that like, and it's, it comes back to what we said on the SmackDown review of just like it's it could be this this year's um, straight edge society, which was a gimmick I absolutely adored. Uh, and finally, from Chris Jenkins, the man who was doing as Hammer, Leroy Jenkins, the man who uh, mistook us for not saying his name in the shoutouts and threatened to send our hammers to someone else. He's a very volatile man, Jenkins. He did uh, send, an, he e- back he sent an email to clarify that they are safe and sound. We should be getting them in a couple of weeks, in fact. That's exciting. It is exciting. So he asked, hey, Luke, Ollie, and Are you going to read Laurie? out all his emails until then? Just that once, once we've got your hammers, Jenkins. Uh, hey, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie, here's a question for you. Would you rather see gimmick pay-per-views like Hell in a Cell, TLC, Money in the Bank, etc. stay the way they are, uh, have them evolve for the most part, see improved versions of these gimmick pay-per-views, or is it time to com- create completely different, original, and fresh pay-per-views instead? So I suppose you're asking... Uh, Do you want to see them slightly changed, modified, scratched, or yeah. scrapped? Or, well, actually, I don't, uh, I don't think scrapped was good. Just... Uh, 
create different ones. Okay, so the difference between these is money in the bank is, is like the Royal Rumble now in my head. Yes. It's uh, a point in the year that means something. Yes. So another thing would be like King of the Ring. I wish Survivor Series meant something, that concept. So those are different because th- those are like parts in your story that you put in first. Yes. Uh, that makes total sense to pre-announce that stuff a year in advance because it's like the G1. You're always going to have that thing that drives your stories forward. The problem with the other ones, Hell in a Cell, TLC, those are match stipulations that should really come from the characters and their storylines. So it used to be the way, I don't know if every, anyone remembers this, that you'll, you'll have two people feuding and you'll be like, oh man, they've done like four matches now. They're going to have to do something big. And then someone would announce, in hell in a cell. And you'll go, oh my god, that's going to be amazing. Or TLC. Oh, a last man stand, a fatal four-way. Oh, wow. Uh, But now it's like, oh, it's going to be a hell in a cell match next because next month is hell in a cell. And they're going to have to have it regardless of whether their feud needs it or not. Well, that's it. And then you kind of sort of have to fudge a feud to make it work the gimmick. Um, it's why I was really disappointed when NXT decided they're going to do war games every year. Because now it just, that means in October, we're just going to have to fudge storylines to create the the necessity yeah. to have war games, as opposed to when they did it first. And you're like, oh, we need to have war games now because we need to settle this score. Whereas this year it was just like, oh, we need to get someone to face the Undisputed Era. Well, what if we get these four lads together and then we can have the match? Although if war games created something like the next number one contender for something, but you still need to fudge a storyline of four on four to be able to create war games, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult gimmick, but they used to do that in WCW. That's how war games was every year as part of. But war games wasn't every year. It was war games was when it needed to be. No, war games was roughly the same pay per view every year. Uh, what pay per view was it? It wasn't called war games. It was called. Googling on air. I always thought War Games was just just done sort of throughout. No, it was. It, I'm pretty sure. I used to do it like Fall Brawl and things like that. Uh, match history: July, July, August, November. Okay, those are the eighties, though. Yeah. So let's get to the nineties. Yeah, and then Nothing August. July, 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 May. August, August, May, May September. September. Okay, so Fall Brawl. It was consistent from '93. Yeah. yeah, so it was it was Fall Brawl in September every year from '93 to '98. Okay, well there you go. Then but before was, then, it was when it was needed. So there's still, I still, I still get your argument. Yeah, but um, to to Bruce Pritchard, it that company died. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's I'm, what killed it. Exactly. We finally figured it out. It wasn't the finger poke of doom. It was just doing war games every year. You don't need a whole book on an Alvarez. <laughs> Just the Wikipedia page of war games specifically. Uh, yeah, for me, it's I would li- rather Hell in a Cell and TLC matches be saved for when a feud needs it, as opposed to just doing it because the pay per view says so. What other ones are there? Well, they, I not... think those are the only two gimmick ones they have now. They no. went through a period where it literally was like every pay per view was a gimmick, like it was Fatal Four Way or uh... that actually happened. <laughs> actually happened. And it's because TNA had such success with lockdown. Yeah. So thanks, TNA. But lockdown, it didn't work when they did it in lockdown either because there were some matches where you're like, well, this doesn't need to be a cage match. So then they had to like, well, okay, well, what if we did a cage match but with another gimmick on it as well? And it would be like, well, it's a blindfold match in a cage match or it would be, it's a cage match but it's an electrified cage match which 
will go down as one of the worst <laughs> matches in TNA history. So what are your uh, Christmas traditions? Well, usually loads and loads of presents. The, uh, the Davis family is very much about quantity over quality. But I've gotten away from that in recent years. And more so than ever, this year, it's the first year I will ever be spending Christmas Day away from my family. That's right, you are. How do you feel about that? I'm okay. I'm You're an okay? adult. <laughs> so it's about time, I think. Yeah? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to my lady partner's place to spend Christmas with them. And they do everything different. They have a minimal amount of presents uh, and they don't, I'm pretty sure they've, they've all, they all recognize verbally that Santa Claus doesn't exist. <gasps> like it's not a part, like it's not a part of it for them. They just like, oh, I got you these presents. But we still, in my family, just kind of don't mention that. And we all, because my presents are from my mum, because my dad doesn't do anything. <laughs> But they are labelled from Santa still. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be weird to to experience Christmas with no, with no, it's an adult holiday to them. There is no no wonder. Well, that's there. what we do in in my family as well. Although when my I'm at my wife's for Christmas this year, mm. and they're is that the first time. No, second. Uh, and the their tradition is that you go down like you you are meant to open up your stockings in the uh, the parents' bedroom at first. You like sort of wake them up at five a.m. and, and open up the presents. Jesus, five a.m. Uh, I, I skipped that bit. I'll just I was be getting in. I was quite happy to stay in bed and have a couple of extra hours sleep, and then I'd open up my stocking later. I don't need to run and jump into my father-in-law and my mother-in-law's bed and be like, oh, presents and this and the other. And then uh, we go downstairs and then you stand in a line in height order. Mm -hmm. And then my father-in-law will open up the door to see if Santa's been. And he'll just do a quick check and he'll close the door and go like, he's been. And then he opens up the door and you're allowed to file in and then start opening up your presents. It's super cute. So you're, uh, you're, you're, um, your wife's sister's boyfriend, Mickey, mm -hmm. yep. is a great human being. He is indeed. I can't see him buying into this crap. <laughs> well, that's where you'd be wrong. I think Has he done it yet? No, this is his first year doing it. I think Michael will be very much into the idea of it because he's going to throw down. He's not, he's not going to throw down. He, he, he will very much embrace the uh, the the kitschiness of it. Um, but I'm like smash that's why <laughs> exactly the time he wakes up it'll already be on <laughs> half a bottle of wine in um, but uh, our, in my household we uh, now that we're all adults we will get up in the morning and then we will go and have a nice breakfast together then we'll all go our separate ways and have showers and get ready and stuff then go downstairs reconvene in the living room and start opening up presents and then that sort of takes through to lunchtime and then we'll sit down and watch Christmas films do you, how do you do it? Do you all just open it in one mad rush? What my family do is we take it in turns. Yeah, that's kind of where we do it as well. Yeah. Well, sort of. But like my, my mother will say, like, oh, this one's for Ben. This one's for my wife. This one's for Luke. And then I, we will sort of open them together, I suppose, and then go no. like, hey. No, no, no. You all have your present piles. All the exchanging is done before any opening can occur. And then you go round in order. Or like, like my, me and my sister would open one in sequence, not at the same time, and then my dad would open one. Who goes one. first? It depends. Usually my sister. I, I can, I'm too busy laying them out in size <laughs> order. I've been through this. Size order doesn't really play when you're an adult, though, because when you're a kid, 
the biggest thing is the biggest present. Yeah. But when you're an adult, usually the tiniest thing is the biggest present. Because that's usually the envelope that's got money inside yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Like, the bigger one is like, you know, a cordless drill or something. Uh, <laughs> did I tell you the year when I got that wrong? And what? Because one year my parents gave me this amazing just monetary gift in a card. I was like, wow, that's crazy. I've actually paid off my master's loan uh, shortly after. But then the, the year after, there's an envelope sitting there. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't want to open that midway through and put it last. AA membership. <laughs> That's still good. Yeah, it's a car breakdown service. Yeah, and I'm happy. Yeah, it was useful, but yeah, it's not. Um... What is the best Christmas present you've ever had? I always remember getting Mario tennis on the N64. Oh, good gift. I don't know why. What about you? Uh, getting my Sega Mega Drive, Christmas mm. 1991. Because um, I just remember, like, I can I remember it so vividly. I wrote about it in my book, no less. Because, like, I, I, as a child, you open up the smaller ones, wait for the bigger one, right? But I open up one of the smaller ones, Mega Drive game. Can't play this, mm. can I, Mum? And uh, then, then it clocked. And then it took me a little one, and it took together. It was like, I know what the big thing is. <laughs> Tear it away, and it's a Mega Drive. I'm like, oh my god, it's a Mega Drive! Your mum's looking at you, being angry about the Mega Drive game, going, oh, I've given birth to an idiot. <laughs> How long is it going to take? Nope. Yeah, okay. Come on. Join There's me, lower won't our you? expectations. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, speaking... Oh, so, sorry, but my, my lady partner's family, they just all open everything and go, oh, thanks for that. Thanks for that. There's no order. There's no pressure chaos. on people to like. It's not chaos. That implies it's fun. <laughs> yeah, so well, that's what I've got to look forward to. Uh, speaking of that, we did get this uh, email in from... I'm going to butcher your name here. I do apologise. Ibrahim... Giedmelia, I'm going to say, or Giedmela, um, who just sent in a, uh, an email with the topic, I'm so stupid. Okay. Uh, hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and Andy. I did the stupidest thing ever today. And this, I found this to be a very insightful email into what it means to watch things on YouTube, probably for people not in my generation. Okay. I did the stupidest thing ever today, or actually, it was kind of YouTube's fault, I guess. I really don't know. I opened YouTube, and at the top of the list was a WrestleTalk news video. I did the obvious thing, and I watched the video. Ollie was doing it, and I realised it barely included jokes or anything. There weren't any Samoa Joe-approved messages, or any El Fakador or so trustworthy things. There wasn't even a Luke reference. He puts that in all caps. Finally, I disliked it. Uh, uh, I was not happy. And then I realised the video was from two years ago. In fact, it was one of the first few episodes I'd watched from WTTV. I just want to say that you guys have come so far making such great news episodes while still delivering great news. So your videos are well produced that I didn't even get into all the storylines that you guys have, like Byron Saxon's ancestors and things like that. Wonder Ollie, El Fakador stuff. I just want to say I love you guys. You're swapped, you cure depression, and I love how you steal almost every idea from other channels, but just make it better. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the long email, but I love you guys. Also, I went back and I liked the video again, crying with laughter emoji. Thank you, Ibrahim. 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 It might be Ibrahim. Ibrahim. We just we can just say his Ibrahim. first name. Yeah. Well, no, but I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ibs. 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 The Ibs there yeah. There you go. Or maybe Thanks, it might be Abs because it's with an A. I was talking to someone yesterday uh, about my early days of Wrestle Talk. Oh yeah. Because he was talking to someone else about, like, he just said in conversation. Do you, with someone who works in the same building as us, mm -hmm. he went, do you know Ollie's uh, international superstar? <laughs> I was just like, why did you say that? Talking to an architect. Uh, and, uh, it's like what my stag did when everyone called it. Oh, it's YouTube's Ollie uh, Davis. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and I just immediately just hung my head. And the, the guy went, he used to be really wooden, but he's come a long way. And I was like, what? You never said that. You always said I was a natural at the green screen. <laughs> Speaking of green screen, uh, I know I said I wouldn't mention his name, but Andy Datsun has just had a Christmas jumper arrive for him in the post to the office. But when did he order it? Oh, like four weeks ago? No, but... A what? Rev Pro? Yeah, he... Oh, my God, yeah. He, we haven't talked about that. He ordered it during a wrestling show. He He's the worst kind of millennial. He's given us millennials a bad name. He's just the worst. He was on his phone during the Rev Pro show that we were at live, and he ordered it. And I was like, oh, did you see someone else wearing it then? He was like, no, I saw it on Facebook. I was <sighs> like, so you were on Facebook, and then you went... To order it, that's like five minutes of fun time. Yep. Unbelievable. Just front of what we I took him sex. to that as a free show. I know. Well, let's... well, it, it's it's a it's not even good. That is the punchline <laughs> to this. It's a Harry Potter Slytherin themed Christmas jumper. Yeah. And he'll never go anywhere near the green screen with it because half of him will disappear. Well, let's go on to some brighter things. Scott Corbett emails in. Hi, Luke and Ollie. First, wanted to say thank you for getting me back into wrestling. This is a lovely wrestle talk. Get better. I came across your videos on YouTube last year and have now become a pod swafter, which helps me keep up to date without having to watch the 10 hours of wrestling a week. I'm from Australia, mate. Australia. Australia, mate. Crikey. And recently got back from spending several mines might be several weeks I suppose but he said several minds maybe that's a term I'm not aware of spending several minds travelling around several minds yeah there's, there's there spending several minds travelling around Europe M-I-N-D-S yeah what? something for your mind, mind. Uh, thank you Luke for the recommendation of the Love Stories Museum in Dubrovnik <laughs> it was a real highlight while I while I uh, while away, I put on quite a bit of weight. And I'm currently 110 kilograms, 242 pounds. Now that I'm back, I aim to get down to 90 kilograms, 198 pounds. Listening to you and other swafters talk about your own fitness journey has given me extra confidence. Writing this email will hopefully keep me accountable and give me some extra motivation. Uh, extra motivation. I just want to keep you informed along the way. Thank you, Scott. That was a great. You can email. do it, Scott. You certainly can. And I know put I said down that pie. I know I said I'd read out your email, Assange, but it's slightly too long. We oh, haven't got man. enough. Lord, we haven't got enough time. We, um, we waffled on too much. We did. We so uh, we will end off with some jokes from Chris Smith. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. Just wanted to share some jokes with you for the outros. How'd you kill a circus? You aim for the juggler. What are the two rules of success? Mm. What are the two rules of success? Number one: don't reveal everything you know. There is no number two. Uh, what's the best thing about procrastination? I'll tell you later. Where did Mary go after the explosion? Everywhere. I once saw Arnold Schwarzenegger eating a chocolate egg. I said, Arnold, aren't you a little old for those? He said, I still love Easter, baby. If you want to hear some good jokes, I do recommend uh, the Bumping Mics three-part special on Netflix. It's very good. Okay. Well, that is all we've got time for on today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Hope we didn't bore you too much on your Saturday or your Monday morning commute. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw review. Let's hope that it's on the up and up. And then we're back on Wednesday for the SmackDown review. Sorry, yes, Ollie? Well, I was going to say, I think you're forgetting something about next week. What am I forgetting about next week? It's TLC Go oh, Home. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have forgotten. It is the TLC Go Home uh, edition of Raw and SmackDown. We've had an unprecedented... 
four weeks between big shows. And yet it doesn't feel like it. It feels like the same amount of time has passed. So yeah, so it is the TLC Go Home Show, which also means there will be TLC predictions with, of course, implications for the Wrestle League. I forgot that was a thing, but it's, <laughs> it's super your important. Idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll have a bonus episode next week with prediction, which also means we're going to have bonus episodes the week after with the TLC review. And if you are one of our Pledge Hammers, Ramble Club should be available for you to listen to. If not, it'll be up early next week. Thank you so much. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.